The Toronto Maple Leafs prospects put their best foot forward before training camp. I'll give you my thoughts on the weekend in Traverse City, plus comments from Brian Reeves and the Mike Babcock era coming to a disastrous end in Columbus. This is the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morsuti from Sportsnet. As always, Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can catch us now on YouTube each and every day, Locked On Leafs, because it is your team every day. And we are back to everyday podcast. The summertime, the off-season is over. We are now ramping things up for training camp. So what does that mean? We're back to five shows a week. Of course, now we start five shows a week and Mike's not here. Mike, as you met, as uh, some of you may have missed on the last episode, Mike was not going to be available this week. But Mike and I prepared for this. We actually have some content that we are pre-planning for this week to kind of get you guys set up for training camp. Obviously, I will be here as well for any news potentially that develops throughout the time. But between now and camp, I don't expect a lot of big news to come out, but we'll be ready for it regardless here on the Locked on Leaves podcast. And yeah, it's it's weary because we're, we're getting very close to, you know, the first time we'll see these guys on the ice. They're going to be on the ice this week. They're going to be getting to putting themselves through the rigors of conditioning. Well, most of these guys have been training all summer long, so this is shouldn't be too bad for them. But they're going to get through all the media stuff. We're going to hear a lot about the offseason and reflections and the new guys that are brought in. We haven't seen a lot of these guys in their Leafs gear. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Stoney. We get to see these guys, John Klingberg, for the first time in Leafs jerseys uh, this week as well. They had the golf tournament today, so there were some comments made by Ryan Reeves I wanted to touch upon on the show. And of course, the Mike Backhouse situation, which we'll discuss a lot later on the show. But first, let's get to some action that did happen on the ice, and that was the Prospects Tournament at Traverse City. You know, the first game could not have gone, you know, obviously, if you were looking forward to that first game, you were disappointed, not only because the Leafs lost that game 7-3, to but you actually couldn't watch a majority of it because the stream was not available when they had to move ranks because of an issue at the other ring. Luckily, the final two games, if you took away that first one, the final two games were perfect. The Leafs uh, finished the tournament 2-1. and one. After their 7-3 loss to Columbus in the opener, they went on to beat the Dallas Stars 5-1, to one, and then they beat the Detroit Red Wings, the host of the tournament, 6-5 in the finale. So 2-1 and one record there. And, you know, obviously these tournaments... Yeah, it's nice to see who who wins and who loses in a lot of ways, but it's not meant to be that type of tournament, right? It's supposed to be a tournament where a lot of these younger guys are trying to make that last impression before training camp. That's the big one here, right? Because jobs are on the line, you know, certain players, especially the prospects, the team's got to decide, are they going to be with us for the main camp? Are we going to send them just to Marley's training camp? 
are we going to even are we just going to send them right back to their junior team right so this was this is what makes these tournaments important and that's why yeah you can get a little bit too bound by the results of what players do and you can get a little too high in them and thinking oh this guy's gonna have an incredible year because he had a you know a hat trick at a prospects tournament that that can be true but in this case for the least the important one was certain players that we haven't seen in a while or players that we hadn't even seen before where are they at where are they at currently what are some things they need to work on what are they doing well right and so let's let's kind of I kind of wanted to give my observation from what I saw from this weekend, right? Because I wasn't focused too much on the game results, but more so players that I want to see how they did. Obviously, the first one for me was Matthew Nice, right? He's one of the more important prospects in this Leaf system because, as Mike and I mentioned uh, on the podcast many times before, the Leafs don't have a lot of players who possess a lot of the traits that Matthew Nice has size you know drive offensive instincts just that willingness to compete with that size right the Leafs have guys that are willing to compete but it's the size of Matthew Nyes that really drives it home for me the Leafs don't have a lot of that the NHL still values players with size obviously player smaller players speedy players they definitely play a role too but you know Matthew Nyes it was important for him to get back himself ready for camp right because he's he's a player that with you know the way that last season ended and you know we're still kind of deciding where he fits in this lineup we know he's an nhl player like if you're wondering if if matthew nice is an nhl prospect i think an nhl player at this point full time i think you might be looking for reasons to put the kid down. I think he is going to be ready for the NHL. Um, he he just he just looked like a, a man amongst boys, and a lot of times when I watched him play, just his size. I think his skating kind of improved a little bit too, which is good to see. I thought his uh, he had a little bit quicker, right, and his strides were a bit longer. And those are important things, right? Now, obviously, against as I said, against smaller players, that's something you have to take with a with a grain of salt. I understand that, but I thought Matthew and I showed a lot of promise um, in this tournament, and I, I just think he's he's going to be one of the X factors for the Leafs this year. Like I, when he when he was put into this lineup, right. Right after Michael Bunting's suspension, right? Let's not forget he didn't start the playoffs with this team. I I just think that um, you know, he he brings just another element that this team needs. And I think he's gonna be such an important player uh going forward for this Leafs team. So uh great, great look here from Matthew Nyes and what we saw from him at the tournament. Um obviously the other one I I was really curious about was Easton Cowan, right? Because we 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 heard all the time about what the Leafs were getting with Ethan Cowan. Like, you know, he, he went above the projections, right? The Leafs took him earlier than many expected him to. And I still think that it's hard to right now give it's hard to give him a specific grade right now just because we have to establish exactly what he is as a prospect right now, right? Like he was playing center. I didn't expect him to play center. I thought he would be a winger. 
So that's interesting that he he was playing center. And maybe that's something he's going to be doing this year in London, which would be great news for him, in my opinion. I think, you know, there was great instincts out there. Obviously, there's that competitive, uh, there's that competitiveness that surely made him a, uh, a player to really watch. Um, he had two goals, four assists, so six points among the Leafs leaders in uh, points there. Um, I think uh, I, I liked his, what I did like was his defensive play, right? He didn't shy away from that. Um, I think he, I think what he will need to work on, um, you know, obviously the size part is a big one, right? Cause he's five foot 10, hundreds about 171 pounds. Like, He's going to have to bulk up. It's so really early. The guy was just drafted. He has time. So I think uh, I think I like I like the where his instincts are at. I think there's going to be some work there from him, but liked what I saw from Easton Callen, too. And, you know, I also think Ryan Deverberg, um, when you look at players to watch for the Marlies this year, he's going to be one of them. That's going to, I think, play a bigger role than I think some people expect. I think he's a guy that's really gonna have to make a make a push this year, right? Because he's a seventh round pick. He's a bit older. He's gonna have to make a push right now to say I'm gonna be able to take my next steps as a prospect. So I'm I I liked what I saw from him there. Again, some good instincts with the puck, good vision on his part. Um, you know he he's he was willing to battle. Uh, he's willing to. He played center too at times, which was I, again another. When you see guys just thrown into center, especially with the size that Ryan Verberg has, he's only five foot eleven. You know, generally you want your centers to be a little bit bigger. So it was interesting to see that he's able showed a little bit of versatility there as well. He had five points in the tournament, a goal and four assists. Right now, the the thing is. He's just got to work on the consistency from, you know, start to finish. That's going to that's gonna take some time, you know, coming from college to professional hockey. That transition does take time. So I do think there's a lot to like there from uh, from those guys. And then obviously Dennis Hildeby. He was a big talk of the tournament because how could you not notice him in the net? The guy is six foot six. He covers a good portion of the net just by being on his knees. He's so big, and what I like is his composure. He's going to have to work on selling himself down early in the game and work on the puck handling skills a bit more, but I think he has really good movement. He uses his size well and has a really good glove, right? And when you're a guy of that size, you know, side you can go side to side pretty easily. Um I liked what I saw from him. I'm very, very interested to see how how much he plays with the Marlies or how they're going to work his his uh, introduction to professional. Is he going to be with the Marlies a lot? Is he going to be with um, the Growlers? Very curious to see how they do that with uh, Dennis Hildeby going into the year. So really good. If you were just looking for some good hockey, I thought it was pretty solid hockey for the weekend, you know, getting us ready for kind of a little appetizer. For what's to come because we know that the real show is going to start with uh training camp not too far along all right uh on the other side we're going to discuss uh some leafs related stuff more release related stuff in terms of the the golf tournament which is kind of like the 
getting everybody back together again before the season starts. So I'm going to talk about some things that were said there, including Ryan Reeves doing what Ryan Reeves was brought here to do. And I'll discuss, I'll explain why on the other side. Before we do, let me tell you about today's show sponsor, and that is Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that is j-a-s-e medical.com promo code locked on welcome back to the locked on lease podcast it is your team every day david morissuti here um solo for this week uh mike and i uh mike's on uh just away for this week we are have some content planned for this week some very interesting content we brought back something we did last year which was the create your perfect leaf where we take different traits from different players and make it into this like all-encompassing player so mike and i put did that together last week we also um are have a two-part series about the franchise kind of like a, a franchise tiers for the leaf so kind of where players rank within the organization I'm not going to give too much away from that but that's going to be a two-part series coming out this week as well but we do have some things to talk about, and that is more uh, Leafs-related content because they are in town. The players are getting ready for training camp, and nothing gets you better, gets you ready for training camp than a golf tournament. So it's the every year they do the annual golf tournament that gets guys going, gets guys ready for training camp, and the big. I, I, it's funny because the big attraction was Ryan Reeves. And he was for a couple of reasons. Um, somebody had asked, I guess, Ryan Reeves about the Radical Gudis, um, you know, yelling in the face of Joseph Wool as he scored the, and just so any, I hate to do this to people who may want to forget about that this picture exists, but I'm going to pull it up right now just in case anybody needed a reminder of that photo that I am explaining. So Ryan Reeves. Uh, Rocco Gudis's memorable Game 5 celebration. I hope he tries that. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. I doubt there's going to be any of that here. Like that, that got a, it's, it's a typical Ryan Reeves. I, I, I expected Ryan Reeves to say something like that. And I think there's, obviously, the Ryan Reeves signing, we know what it was made for, what it was supposed to do. I think people uh, are maybe miss missing maybe some of the things that Ryan Reeves will do for this team where maybe other guys that they have brought in to do this role haven't been able to do. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the like he's going to be above and beyond like doing things that I've never done before with this team. Like 
we've had guys that can fight that dropped gloves. Like Luke Shen was great at that last year. He uh, took care of a lot of that extracurricular stuff that the Tampa Bay Lightning tried to sucker the Leafs into. And Luke Shen kind of kiboshed a lot of that. But I think just Ryan Reeves' attitude and just kind of trying to break things up, like kind of like squash any sort of nervous tension or just, I don't like just to give give the room a bit a bit of a different energy. So this was his comment. Um, again, he it's kind of echoing what he said when he first signed in Toronto. It's not going to be a quiet room anymore. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think I've been around for a while. I like to help with the young guys a lot. Yeah, just a lot of energy, practice games, whatever it is. I'm an energy guy. He understands that he's not playing a huge role on the ice. It's all about making sure that this team remains focused on the goal that is a Stanley Cup, right? I think he's going to maybe push the envelope a little bit with some of the players that maybe they haven't been pushed before. And feel like, oh, what's Ryan Reeves good? Like, Ryan Reeves is a bit of an, I'm going to say, an alpha male type player that's not going to be afraid to maybe push the envelope a little with some of the guys that he might feel need a bit of a push. The question is how much is enough, right? And I think Sheldon Keith is going to appreciate having a Ryan Reeves around where maybe the message isn't getting across from him and he needs a, a player to do it for him. And I think Ryan Reeves will do that. He doesn't seem to lack any, like he, he knows that he can do it. He's here for three years. I understand he can be thrown into the Myers whenever. But he's here for three years. He's not here for a one and done sort of thing. I think that's. I think when someone's been around for as long as he has been for fourteen years, he has been to a Cup final. I understand that he wasn't the reason, main reason his team went to the Cup final. I just think that those experiences do play a part with a team that has really not embraced what is needed in the playoffs, right? That second-round series against Florida, the Leafs at times look shell-shocked. Ryan Reeves, I think, is going to try his best to make sure the team does not let that happen again. Will it work? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, again, I think there's um, I think there's something here with, you know, I, I do, I'm curious to see how this will all work out. I'm not going to be saying that this is the most important thing the Leafs have could have i just think it's it's different than what i've seen before from players in ryan reeves situation i think it's different than wayne simmons like way different and way i uh, like i don't think like I, I when i look at wayne simmons yeah there was a lot of respect for what wayne simmons did i just don't know if wayne simmons was pushing players in the way that i think ryan reeves will um so like I think an upgrade on the Wayne Simmons is what we're hopefully getting. Wayne Simmons, I think, has better offensive instincts. Obviously, this was, he was a player that used to score 30 goals in a season, but curious to see how that will all work out. I think um, I, I do think that this is something that the Leafs obviously want to have established right at the start of the year and not have to bring it in later in the year, too. I think that's the other important thing. Having that established right at the start of the year rather than bringing Ryan Reeves or a player like that at the deadline. I think having that from day one, I think will be also critical too. I think that's something that hasn't get talked about enough. All right. To end the show uh, for the final segment, I want to go over 
the sticky situation in Columbus, uh, former Leafs coach Mike Babcock having one of the weirdest tenures of a head coach that I have ever seen because he never actually got to coach the team. All right, I'm going to go give my thoughts on the whole situation, what this means for Mike Babcock going forward, what this means maybe for NHL teams going forward that may want to consider how they do coaching hires down the road. Uh, we'll discuss that and more here on the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overrunners, and more. With the NHL season coming around, you can get yourself some great player props right now on FanDuel. I think right now the big one, Connor Bedard, Calder, if you watched him at the rookie tournament with Chicago, might be a guy that I might want to put a wager to on in that regard. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. David Morsudi here. Mike DeStefano, as I said uh, in the last two segments, has is away this week. I will get you guys going through the week. Five shows a week. We are back to five days a week. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm glad we did not have to do five shows a week during the summer because it was tough. There wasn't a lot of content out there. We're back now to five shows a week with training camps around the corner. And we have news in ways that I was not expecting news to happen. If you had the over-under Mike Babcock getting fired by the Columbus Blue Jackets zero games into the season, uh, good on you. <laughs> Because I did not expect that to happen. I had my reservations about Mike Babcock coming back to the NHL. <laughs> Don't like let's not let's not say that I like this was a foolproof hiring by the Columbus Blue Jackets. There was a lot of skepticism with the hiring. And then Mike and I actually were recording a podcast. The Babcock stuff was just kind of percolating, and they threw out the Initial statements with Babcock accusing Spin Chicklets of spinning something that wasn't really a big deal. Boone Jenner also saying that it wasn't really, it was made out to be. And then the NHLPA, I'm going to give the NHLPA credit here. Obviously, Spin Chicklets was the ones that made this story really come to light. But I'll give the NHLPA a lot of credit here. They didn't just let uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner's comments speak for themselves and be like okay we're satisfied they dug into this they went to columbus they talked to players they talked to former players of mike babcock like they they were they did not treat this as like a nothing situation and then obviously we got the news that mike babcock resigned as head coach now the pascal vincent is the head coach something apparently that should have been done in the first place if you heard um what the team had to say, but what got me about the Mike Babcock situation that really drives me bonkers. Obviously the situation of itself was really dumb for those that don't know. 
Um, it wasn't the issue of asking Boone Jenner to see photos of his family or even Johnny Gaudreau. It was asking young players, especially young players who probably don't have families, while they weren't even at team facilities, if he could see photos and literally taking their phones and scrolling through it. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that before, but that is an invasion of privacy. And it's also just wrong to do something like that. I don't think I need to tell many people that it's not right to do that. And if I'm a head coach of a team, and I'm especially a lot of young players, up-and-coming players, I'm trying to get myself back into the league after the last gig I had didn't really work out well for me, and the things said about me afterwards didn't really help my character in a lot of ways, and you go and you do that, just why like what is he thinking what was mike babcock thinking personally i don't think he was thinking i think he just thought what he was doing was right and maybe just someone that didn't really understand what he had done wrong in the past right and it's an issue with a lot of these when you bring in a lot of coaches like this who feel like you know they have the the experience they've had the background and that they can kind of get away with things like this i'm glad that um that wasn't the case this time around it's just so weird and what was weird was this was the statement from babcock okay because i'm gonna read the statement and i'm gonna say something that i'm sure a lot of people have already said about it but something i think needs to be reiterated upon reflection it has become clear that continuing as head coach of the columbus of the columbus blue jackets was going to be too much of a distraction babcock said in a statement while I'm disappointed to not have the opportunity to continue the work we've begun, I know it's in the best interest of the organization for me to step away at this time. I wish everyone in the organization well this upcoming season. When you resign from a position, um, and usually when a, a, something like this happens, instead of the Columbus Blue Jackets firing Mike Babcock, and the reason why they didn't fire him was for legality reasons and for money reasons. Resign. Like, it's obvious why he resigned is because he still needs to get paid, but he knows that. And I think the Blue Jackets knew that the only way that was going to work is if he resigned. But at no point in that statement did he address what he had done and what the reason why he no longer has a job. He just basically says, you know what? I'm going to be a distraction. I'm not even going to bother. It's almost like he doesn't think he did anything. Wrong. I guarantee if you, if anybody asked Mike Babcock if he did anything wrong, he would say no. He would say no. And that's another problem right there, in my opinion. Okay. As Elliot Friedman had said, one of the more serious concerns was a meeting that occurred away from team facilities that includes several minutes of looking through a phone that was beyond the scope of was initially understood to have occurred. And remember the first statement that Mike Babcock had put out. We actually read it here on the podcast as the statement was literally announced. I read it as they announced it where he said he is was blown out of proportion. Gee, that so Mike really was hoping that somebody wasn't going to come out with but obviously uh, Paul Bissonnette came out with on the, on the spin chicklets podcast. 
Like it was an intense. Like if you re- read Elliot Friedman's article about this, it was an intense situation. This was and like people, some people say, "Oh, what's the big deal?" Like this is not <laughs> this is not a great situation to put your young players in if they feel uncomfortable because the coach is going through their phone. Like if somebody were you didn't know really know like your boss it's like hey can i just see your you know i want to check your phone see some photos okay and he's just going through all your stuff i don't think you'd be cool with that i wouldn't be this is not not right and i i also have to say the biggest thing here is the is jarmo kirkalainen and like He's the one that hired Mike Babcock, right? This wasn't just a Mike Babcock error, okay? John Davidson and Yarmo Kikalainen deserve an equal amount of blame right here, okay? Two reasons. One, uh, they deemed that he was good enough to be brought back into the league after everything that was said about him following his time in Toronto. Look, I'm all about giving people second chances if they truly deserve them. And that's the second point. At what point did anybody have a conversation with Mike Babcock and saying, you know what? We think you're a good coach. Obviously, they thought he was a good coach because they hired him. But we cannot have issues like this distract what we are trying to accomplish as a team. Clearly, that message wasn't sent out to Mike Babcock. And, you know, like Davidson and Krekalina had to put their tail between their legs and say, we're going to learn from this. You know, we apologize for everything. Um, But, like, I'm sorry. If the Columbus Blue Jackets have a really awful season, Krekalina and Davidson should be shown the door. They were they were fortunate I think the saving grace for them right now of them keeping their jobs was that this happened days before training camp, like this whole situation coming about days before training camp. Because if this happened month, a little while ago, I think there's a good chance that one or both are looking for new jobs. And I think right now they are on thin ice. Because if you see the statement from Blue Jackets ownership, they are clearly clearly not happy because it looks terrible on the organization especially an organization that has a tough time bringing in players let's not let's let's not beat around the bush like columbus is not a desirable place to go and play hockey okay i understand johnny Gaudreau went there i think that there was other I don't think Johnny Gaudreau had Columbus at the top of his list when he was looking at potential options, right? It kind of just happened. But like that, like in the NHL, uh, like just just a brutal, brutal situation. It just shows that, you know, the lack of progress in a lot of ways where coaches think that what they do is right and that that – like I'm, I'm glad that you know what cooler heads prevailed in this situation, and the right thing was done. Because if Mike Backhawk thought that he was going to have the the ability to coach that team, 
with that stuff hanging over your, their head, some players can can go th- can can work through it. But what's not to say that Mike Backhawk was going to do something else to make that situation even more awkward than it was already? So, oh, just not a situation I think uh, anyone expected to happen, and not one that I think should should be a lesson learned from a lo- for a lot of NHL teams. I'll say that a lot of lessons should be learned from what happened there in Columbus. All right, uh, we're going to end it here on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. We are now back to five episodes a week. As I said, uh, we are now back to being a daily leave show five days a week. So make sure you go and follow the podcast on Twitter. I locked on lease. Follow myself at the underscore more Sudi and Mike at Mickey underscore Canuck. Uh, we are going to get you guys ready for training camp with some fun little content that uh, we were putting together uh when mike uh knowing that mike was not gonna be here this week so it gives also gives me a little bit of a break too so i'm still gonna be doing intros i'm still gonna be throwing in news if news does break but it it helps me when mike's not here as well and we'll have some leaf stuff to talk about later in the week too but until then keep locked right here on locked on leaves